If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. The search. I'm in the zone. I'm so in the Bring back those nights when you were here beside me Unbreak my heart Say you love me again Undo this hurt Because when you walked out the door and walked out of my life Uncry these tears Cry so many That's right. Welcome, everybody. Yes. Sit down. Have drinks is two for one right now, y'all. Show some love to your bartenders here at the Friends on Karaoke Lounge. <laughs> this week, we got none other than JoJo, okay? Wow. Joanna. Wow, wow. Singing Tony Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Now, you got to be a certain type of vocalist to even take that on. And you know then what post I'm it. <laughs> and then post it because mm-hmm. never, never has there been a more fitting space for the black colloquialism your arms too short to box with God. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta be prepared. You gotta have a spirit of preparedness to even take that on. And we know JoJo got the oil. Now it's very random that people who check the boxes that she checked got the oil on their voice. Okay, mm-hmm. but JoJo is one of the ones. It's a couple of them walk. JoJo got it. Christina Aguilera, love her, hate it. She got it. Okay. Faith Hill, another one. She got it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a Celine Dion. You know what I'm saying? It's a few of them that they got that oil on it. And and damn it, JoJo is one of them. So want to give her some love and unbreak her heart. We dedicating that one to Donda's baby. Because right now, you know, I have never seen nobody's mama, you know, their mama's name be disrespected the way that it's being disrespected right now. Mm. So we want we want Kanye West and his mental faculties, okay, to unbreak our heart, okay, and uncry these tears and undo this hurt you caused when you took your ass up there, your wide mouth ass up there into the White House and, and shame the family the way that you did. Mm. So we dedicating that to Kanye West and the entire Donda team because all money ain't good money. Shame, shame on you. With that being said, welcome to the Friends on your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene because who in the hell wants a musty brain? None of us do. At all. Hey, Fran and Asante, how you doing? 
I'm good. How are you guys doing? Amazing. Did y'all ever watch Mass Singer? Only when... um, No, it scared me. I caught some of the Bees performances (laughs) when Gladys Knight was on there. And then my sister sent me a text one night like, Candy about to win the Mass Singer. You got to watch it. (laughs) So I caught up when Candy was on there because you know I love Candy Bird. So I wish yeah. I would have caught up when Candy was on there because I remember her doing like Big Brother <laughs> or something. They were confronting her about being on Mass Singer and she was, couldn't confirm or deny. But uh, JoJo was on Mass Singer. She was a, a snap. the Black Swan or something. But I, I didn't watch Mass Singer. I just thought that was of to be of note since you played her singing. How fitting. Cute. Did so she? wait, how does it work? <laughs> Is it one person that's masked and they just keep coming back every week? It's a bunch of people masked as different animals and stuff, and then they com- and the there's a panel of judges that have to try to guess who they are each week, and they're voted, I guess, on ability or uh, ability to keep the crowd from knowing who the fuck they are to how they stay. Oh. I'm not sure how the voting works, honestly. Oh, so it's, it's like multiple singers that are multiple dra- singers, oh. and they actually do it in groups. So there's like. Um, I can't remember. I hate not knowing what I'm talking about, but there's a certain number of weeks. They do it in like cycles, right? So there'll be one group of um, contestants that will, you know, perform or whatever, and they determine who wins that or whatever. Then there's another cycle, another cycle, and somebody eventually wins. And oh. Candy Burris won. She was the first female winner. Because um, they the couldn't Mad figure Singer. out who she was. Nope. They couldn't oh, figure out who she okay. was. Okay, that makes sense. And, and I believe that the, pe- the viewers vote too, I think. I, somebody votes. I don't listen. Yeah. <laughs> All I knew was Candy was on there and she was doing good. And I can't right. arrive late to her party. So I caught up and then was with it. But I never invested the time to really, you know, be a part of the voting experience or any of that shit. I just wanted her to win. Yeah. Uh, and she did. <laughs> yeah. Really? I, I yeah. can't watch it. The, the costumes are weird. <laughs> yeah, it definitely made, You know, I'm scary. Like, yeah, like, like I was like, so, oh, I can't. Yeah. And then the, did y'all see there's like another show where people dress up like that, similar, but they dress up as like different beasts and it's a new dating show on Netflix. No, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and you go on a date dressed up in costumes because the point is you have <laughs> to connect with me. <laughs> it got real dark, right? You got to connect <laughs> with me. Based on how I make you feel and not how I look. So we how both dressed up as beasts. How connect with somebody scaring beast. the shit out of me <laughs> in costume? But we're both dressed as beasts. So it's like, you know, equal opportunity here. And so it's a costume party. It basically, furries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, I ain't trying to yuck nobody's yum. If you're in the no. furries, get your thing off. You know what I'm saying? But that just ain't, that don't make me hard. <laughs> now, why, furry, why the furries got to be in? Why the furries got to get in it? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, how the fuck they expect? But I guess, you know what, as crazy and two-faced and weird as these motherfuckers out here are now, you might as well have one It's cool, though. I will say I watched watched, uh, one episode out of curiosity, and it Mm -hmm. was cool because the people really did connect on conversation (laughs) and just, like, what the person, the vibe the person was giving off. And then when they took off the beast and met each other, they was like, oh, shit, and you fine as hell. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Fran, how can you have a serious conversation with somebody (laughs) in a costume? That's my thing. Like, I'm all with with the the experimental nature, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But what the fuck you about to talk about? (laughs) In these costumes, that's gonna make me be able to connect. I, well, wait, I think we, I <laughs> what are we gonna talk about? Netflix beasts. Wait, is that how we gonna talk about uh, the Taliban taking over and shit? You know what I'm saying? How we gonna talk about 
real things that need to be discussed. You know Social justice about, issues. You remember back on uh, Housewives when uh, Latoya was on there and Kenya was trying to reprimand her and she had on that outfit yeah. and Latoya just kept laughing at her. Like, that's all See, I'm look, thinking about. Like, you this is one costumes. of the girls' costumes. See, like... <laughs> Oh my God! She that's look like that's Some who Lil Nas X was doing that lap dance on, ain't it? Wow! This is this looks completely ridiculous. It's called Netflix sex. <laughs> ne- for those who are interested, it's called Netflix Sexy Beast, and it is absolutely ridiculous. I want to talk to the producers because if y'all just giving budgets away like that, I got some ideas for y'all. Let's talk and produce some shows because this well, is look. getting like. While we're talking about things that we're watching, I would like to take the time out to thank our sisters over at Getting Grown Pod. I actually was a guest on this week's oh, episode. I, I saw the tweet. <laughs> yes, it was the TV Talk with Tay. The episode is titled Give Alfred Wooder Her Flowers, uh, <laughs> where I actually talked about see a little bit with Alfred Wooder's on there. But we talked about tons of fun things. And actually, Fran, they talked more about Married at First Sight, and I think Ooh. I'm going to I think I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a chance. They were telling me about like, you know, more of the black couples that was on there and some yep. of the mess and yeah. So Yeah, uh, yeah, another show that Jade got me hooked up on, because she's the queen of that. Get me to watch all that shit like Love After Lockup. And so, 90 Day so, Fiance. So definitely check out that. And also, I was on See The Thing Is Podcast, their Patreon. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash see the thing is pod and listen to me talk shit with Mandy Hey, Mandy. Hey, Bridget. Did you you sit next to Mandy? I actually sat next to Bridget. Thank God she sat in between us. I learned. This is, I I think I brought this up a while ago. Mandy, I love you. Mandy, when she doesn't believe in science, it was a very odd conversation. But, you know, I love learning new things about my friends at all stages of life. So it was a very entertaining conversation. And Bridget's in Harry Potter. And I know I could talk sci-fi with both of them. So that's really funny, especially since Mandy does not believe in science. Yes, it was a great time. (laughs) So, Sante, you actually have the Black Business of the Week for us. Would you like to let us know what that is? That's right. You know, I love all black businesses. I actually talked about this black business a little bit on ETA. And it's very funny because this black business is called ETA Leisure. Uh, mm. If you want to check them out on Instagram, this is a, a, a blanket pretty. that I have from them. It's like this outdoor. Yo, I saw this and I said, I've got to have it. They're a black door. Uh, excuse me. They're a black owned outdoor goods brand. They have like mm. beach chairs. They've got this outdoor blanket that they had, which you know, I wrap that around me and wear that bitch like an outfit. Put okay. a belt over that and a, a big ass hat. You can go <laughs> to a festival. Posted a picture of myself on Instagram. And Joshua in Tree, right? That's yes. Joshua yes. Tree. Yes. That's cute. So. It's great to have that look and it be black owned. So that's why I'm just like, oh well, hell yeah! You know, you see something you want, see it, I want it. Thank you all about it. That, that looks like some of them pants you I be wearing. Not. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep that in mind. I you have to check because I feel like I might have one of their blankets. I wonder if they did a partnership with um, Black Lady Sketch Show because HBO. You know, when oh. HBO be sending you the promo packages, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a blanket in a trunk, and it looks very, very similar. So I'm. I got to check to see. You said it's I. It's ITA. Yeah, it's I T A Leisure, but it's Eta Leisure, but it's spelled out I T A L E I S U R E. That'd be awesome. L E I S U R E. Excuse me. Wow, jumbled letters. They are there. Yeah, so the website, if you want to check them out on their website officially, it's italeisure.com, or you can just go to their Instagram, italeisure, but it's pronounced Eta Leisure. Get into it, black people. We're outdoor goods, and it's luxury. Love that. 
Perfect. I'll definitely be looking into that. So last week's episode titled Highly Functional. It was a shoot the shit episode. No hot button, no segments, just whatever wanted to come up. And as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. What stood out to you, Asante? I already talked about this. I am so sorry, friend. I did this a little out of order, but back on the SoundCloud at the Friend Zone podcast, in the comments, I saw Ariane who says, y'all need to watch Married at First Sight, especially the last season. That's what I was referring to it with Getting Grown because they were telling me that this last season had good. the black folks on there and mm-hmm. it had the, there's like the girl that they've been unsure about. And I was like, it sounds like there's some threads here and some things that I need to get into. So I have to like, I just Arian, don't know where to start. I'm just going to start with this latest season. Just start with the latest. That's what I did. I started started with season 11, I think, or 12. 11? 12? Yeah. They're like 13 seasons in, I think. I hope I'm getting that right. Married at First Night. Married at First Sight and 90 Day Fiance are two totally different shows, right? Completely different. Yeah. Okay. That one is like people marrying for green cards and then the person doesn't know, do they really love me or do they just need a green card? And then Married at First Sight is... I already know and I don't even know (laughs) who on the show, but go ahead. (laughs) Married at First Sight is based on people who are looking for love, ready to get married, and this team of like sex experts and, you know, family and marriage therapists and coaches puts them together. Yes, and they get married. Then they meet at their wedding. And they basically date. They date, date after getting married, and it's just insane. I heard there was a couple when they they showed up to get married. They actually knew each other, and like the guy yep. ghosted her in college. Yep. So I was and, like, once, and she when they said him that, I was like, oh, I'm pulled in on that. <laughs> and, and their relationship like, is that. like really, really wild. So it's a good show. I, I, and that's I wouldn't have went through with it. I'd have been like, fuck that. Y'all cheated. Because <laughs> this supposed to be a bitch I ain't never seen in my life. <laughs> and we got history. You, but you, you know, know what, what you when, did. What's crazy is when they said that, it, it was funny to me because I was like, it's crazy that they did all this research and they found this person from college. So it's like, what was the, the, the thread between y'all that had y'all captivated before to right. where y'all still ended up taking different life paths, but still ended up somehow doing the same show to end up being with each other, potentially, you know I guess. But, the, but he claimed he that cheated. he liked her. <laughs> he claimed that he <laughs> liked her, but he was just young and not ready for what she was ready for. So it's not that he didn't like That's her. That's fair. Just, he just wasn't trying to be locked down. I mean, they were in college, you know? And he's like, she was a little too serious, too fast type vibe, you know? It Which you'll see. Well, yeah, you'll see. She's very, very, like, you know... And during the show, so it's understandable why he was kind of like, "eh, I ain't ready for all this." But now Did he, he tell is. Her, Give me fifty feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the couple on this latest season, season thirteen. Yep, the Asian right, couple. Well, Arian, I'll be tuned. Okay, we'll in. watch it. Okay. It's a good show. I mean, it definitely holds your attention. The only thing is that the episodes are wild long. They're like an hour and a half long. I'm like, who? Who can watch this in one yeah, sitting? Yeah, I smoke weed though, so like yeah. I might be able to get like roll up content. Okay. I might be able to sit there and restamp. Ooh, you know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a Spoiler long alert. ass show, but it's good. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for our friends in the gated community of Patreon. Mm. Hey y'all, I finished um, the White Lotus because I couldn't take it no more. I had to know. Oh what my was god, happen. no! So I, I finished. <laughs> And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to offer any commentary here. You know where those conversations exist. You're so, so if you funny for know how finish. we I haven't finished. I, want, I had to know. So Okay, good. 
So you'll, you'll be able to help straighten the path as well as we go. Right. And those of you that, that are subscribed, we will be covering episode three of The White Lotus tomorrow. And it'll go up this Friday. So I'm dead at you. <laughs> That'll make it even funnier, though, because you, you know what went down. But <laughs> speaking of the gated community, I actually have a comment from the gated community. Let me pull that up right yes, now. Yes, Fran, what did you find out out there in them gated community streets? So Sasha said, Fran, I can totally relate to starting to feel codependent on edibles in order to fall asleep. But how did you get your sleep schedule back on track? It was not fun. It was literally like withdrawal and detox in a sense, you know, because I just couldn't sleep straight up for like maybe uh, two weeks, maybe a week and a half. My sleep schedule was just jacked up and it was like fighting the urge to not just grab the edible so that I could go to sleep. I had to fight through the fact that I simply could not sleep. I tried everything, a hot bath reading a couple pages in my book uh if waves up, crashing <laughs> <laughs> waves crashing you know all the sounds the white noise i tried meditative music i tried to go for a walk i switched my workout to nighttime i mean you fucking name it and that sleep said no <laughs> and then one day out of nowhere i was knocked the fuck out and I said, this is a reminder that I'm going to take a break because I hate that. I hate the dependency and my system happens to just latch on to THC that way. So that's why when I take breaks, I take breaks because of shit like that. <laughs> so, Sasha, I hope that helps, but you really just got to push through it. I don't, I don't have an answer for the best way to cope. Um, I also have another one. Jen to the fur on Twitter said, so I'm listening to y'all talk about apartments and houses and pets here in Orlando. A lot of places have breed restrictions, but let me tell you, my pit bull and I were out here like international super spies for two years. <laughs> Sneak that pup friend. Fuck them. <laughs> and I agree. Thank international you, super spies had me crying. Cause she said that she would purposely not walk the dog during the day so that the management <laughs> office couldn't see or she'd take some kind of back route and she just had to figure it out. I'm like, okay, you know, not saying I'll do that, but I hear you. I hear you. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. When I moved in, the guy showed me the, the place was like, you got any dogs, any animals? And I was like, no. Nah. And he was like, well, if you get any, you probably just sneak it in. Don't worry about the, paying that fee. I was like, oh, shit. okay. <laughs> that would be lit. <laughs> I'll let y'all know. Y'all see on my Instagram. But um, Dustin Ross, what'd you find in the Twitter street? Oh, and you know, I want to say one thing too. So our editor, shout out to Ty. He played the wrong version of Up Jumps the Boogie. <laughs> A lot of people damn. were like, damn, what version is this? But if you go back to the episode, it is fixed. Just for those of you that were highly confused on what the hell we played. <laughs> it was the remix that's all right. Ty work hard. Shit. That's okay, Ty. <laughs> I players emailed him mistakes. and he was like, oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> He's so yeah, funny. Players yeah. make mistakes. Ain't nothing but a little bit of straightening. Okay. That's it. And it's fixed it. and it's up. So, okay. you, you know, that's what that is. But Dustin, go ahead. What'd you find? <laughs> I want to give a shout out to, I don't know how to say it. Well, yes, I do. Your name is Shinobu Sinsu. Sinsui. Mm. Whatever. Your handle is at imansters. I-M-A-N-S-T-E-R-S. 
who said, somebody get my sister. She got ear shower caps for the AirPods. And it's a picture of her sister. <laughs> this, little, this little shower cap over her ear. <laughs> so she can take a shower with her AirPods. Listen, you got to contain. I don't times. understand people that really shower with their AirPods. I know a lot of people that do that. I'm like, so your ears don't get cleaned? I don't, how does that work? (laughs) I also want to give a shout out to. If you take multiple showers, I'm just saying. I want to, right, and that is nasty putting ear pods in the shower. Get you a motherfucking speed. Just play the music on your phone. Yeah, little blue, what is it? Uh, Why was I going to say blue five? uh, (laughs) A beach pill? Shit. A Bluetooth speaker. That's what I do. Something. Yeah, me too. And if you got if you can't play loud music in the shower, then you just need to wait because it's not worth. <laughs> it is. It's not. You wonder why people edges be bald to the sides and shit. That's from the little shock waves from your AirPods and the down the steam. <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers electrocuting your hair out the front of your face and head and wondering why you look like somebody pulling you from the ponytail everywhere you go. <laughs> Gotta wear wigs and shit. That's why. Oh, take them goddamn gee. AirPods out. Them waves and shit. Y'all don't know what the hell you doing. Scared to take the vaccine. But your ass got AirPods on in the shower. Drag me. I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> Look, I was over Sorry here like me. I, I too have worn AirPods in the shower, so I'm I scared I just, too. And to be honest, because we have been recording so much, and I have been using my AirPods pretty much hours back to back daily, my ears have low key been hurting, and I'm like, uh, I yeah. might have to go back to my other joints, just the classical studio, <laughs> exactly that you guys Old have, because okay. my ears yeah, are kind of letting me know, like, hey, this little thing you're doing is not really working for us. Then yeah, that's why you got to cook yeah. from scratch, honey. It's true. You know, I just didn't want to be bothered with the battery mine. dying on me, so that's why I that kept. Like, I tried it a couple times, and then it, you know, every now and then it'll make that little indication in my ear, and my like, oh, we too close to the edge, and you know. Yeah. It wouldn't die, but I'm still like, I don't want to play this game. And the sliding yeah. out, too. Like, I'm constantly mm-hmm. readjusting, which is kind of annoying. It, I feel like it kind of takes me out of the conversation sometimes. So I definitely might have to go back. <laughs> I got to find where the hell I even put those. Here's my mask. Well, girl, stop wearing your AirPods in the shower. <laughs> and definitely don't do that out in Portland. All that natural. Or oh, Wait, people know, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, okay, my bad. <laughs> no, hey, you I, know, told I don't him. make that kind of mistake, so my bad. <laughs> but because uh, we was definitely finna edit that the fuck out. <laughs> um, all that dance. See, I didn't fucked up the timing on the joke. It ain't even gonna be funny. Anymore. I was gonna make a joke about all that flat land out there in Portland and shit. You know what I'm saying? Never mind. Back to the damn tweets. Uh, shout out to Rated RB, which is one of my favorite Twitter accounts to follow. But they actually. Um, said that Rick James's new Showtime documentary, which is called Bitchin', The Sound of Fear The Sound and Fury of Rick James, debuted this week um on Showtime. So I'm oh. definitely gonna be checking that out. And I actually would uh wanna throw that name in the hat of possible choices for us to review on the binge over in the gated community of Patreon.com mm. slash friends on podcast. Uh <laughs> for those who ain't got it yet, get with it. But that's where <laughs> I would like to talk about that. So I just want to put that on y'all's radars. And the last tweet I wanna give, because you know I gotta give credit where it's due. Shout out to um at Mia Tukowski at M-I-A-T-K-O-W-S-K-I. Uh Philip who tweeted the MTA announcing which trains are suspended and accompanied it with this video. Hold on. Hey, <laughs> 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 
Because, you know, Work. Yo, God bless everybody impacted by Ida, though. but Ida towed the fuck up out of MTA. IDA wore out MTA. And did all the trains videos? was down. Did you I was stunned. Did it? Did you it's guys insane. get affected in your area? And like Justin said, you know, I, I, I reposted some people in New Orleans, especially that were sharing where you can get your phone and, and um, mm-hmm. electronics charged, where you could get food. And, of course, we'll be able to monitor those tweets as well and, and kind of keep them in rotation for those who are looking for help. I know some of us have been donating as well to the different orgs. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of you even been posting your cash apps directly so that you can get, like, direct help for your families. A lot of single moms mm-hmm. were hitting me up. So my heart People is with everybody. Right yeah, they really wow. do. So anything you can do, definitely keep an eye out. But did, were you guys affected, like, your neighborhood or anyone in your life personally? Um, I I know a lot of people in New Orleans. I have a lot of love for the city of New Orleans. Same. Um, it means a lot to me. And everybody that, even like one of my really, really close friends, Carlton Morton, you know, he lives in New Orleans. Oh, um, shoot. So I've been in constant contact with him. He was able to yeah. evacuate. Um, A couple of really important people to me live in New Orleans, and I, they were mm-hmm. all safe with their families. Um, But there were a lot of people who unfortunately were not. So it's a lot of people yeah. down there who need help. There's a lot of security issues now with people having to do what they got to do to survive and Mm -hmm. people trying to protect their property and their things. Um, So I think it's best if everybody just tries to share credible information, credible sources of information um, that are trusted and and don't require nothing from residents other than for them to accept the help. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um, And that's really important right now just to try to get out the word as much as you can to help as many people as you can. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... Seeing the videos that people were sharing, even right here in Brooklyn, like in the Crown Mm -hmm. Heights area and New Mm -hmm. Jersey nearby and Philly got hit super bad, too. So mad love to everybody in all the affected areas. That was wild. I mean, the rain. Fuck you, Ida. Man, the rain was was not a game. We didn't get flooded out because I don't think I'm in a flood zone, but the street was definitely like next level and you know it was wild people were still ordering food i saw a lot of the like why would you do that yeah like i saw a couple of the like grubhub and and that just was really surprising to me like i'm like why would y'all put someone in that position you know that i didn't even think of that yeah the when i knew that we were getting that weather because they had kind of sent alerts earlier that day i just ran and got a couple of things that i knew would hold me over for the weekend Cause you know I am someone that will order all the time, but I was like, I'm not I order every day, literally. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna put anyone in that position because I know they will bring it, you know, and and that's the worst part. People have people to do what they got to do. Yeah, yeah. they got to do what they got to do. So I just wish everybody was as. I literally mindful. didn't order because of the rain. Like I remember, I was like, damn, today is the day I have to go to groceries. <laughs> like because I was right. like, raining outside, I ain't finna. You know, I wanted to come wet. I don't want nobody having to fucking swim for it. So I was like, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I knew I was going to make me some breakfast because, you know, situations like that, you just make breakfast food because mm. it's easy. Mm-hmm. And, you know Very what I'm comfy. saying? Yeah, like, so I just made me some pancakes. And y'all know my pancakes, we look good. You know? So good. <laughs> so, but I just made me some pancakes and stuff and chill. Like, why the fuck mm-hmm. would you even put somebody through that? The tip ain't big enough. No, it's not. You know what I'm not. saying? To support that. It's and not. for what? So, to get your slice of pizza? Like It's kind of heartless, bro. Yeah, but, you know, like we said, our heart goes out. And if you have any links that you'd like for us to circulate as well, links that you know 
are reliable, please uh, make sure to send those our way and we'll make sure to post that on the friends on Twitter and Facebook as well. And on the, the gated community, our mm-hmm. Patreon, because we got to remember that that's also a built out platform. We so, don't post the sex parties over there too because it's <laughs> VIP. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. All the resources. <laughs> so let's jump into this week's episode. So everyone knows how much we just straight up love music. We tend to have music artists on the show so that we can hear their perspective mm. on, on being independent or working with labels or doing a little bit of both and which one's better, how they come up with their creative process. But we've never how had beef with other artists. How they beef with other artists. <laughs> but we've never had a label head actually come on the show. And not just a label head, but someone who is equally as passionate about music, runs a label that's integrity centered, which right. is rare in this industry. Don't exist to be Literally honest. doesn't. It's outside of them. And most importantly, black owned. What a combination. Amen. You know, that <laughs> to us. <laughs> What better conversation could you pull from someone who is spearheading that movement? Not to mention the biggest reason we wanted to have LVRN, the Love Renaissance label, music label and artist management company on the show today. One of the co-founders, shout out to Sean Formoso, who will be pulling up in a few minutes, is because they center mental health in the conversation at their label. It's literally a part of their staffing where artists have access to therapy sessions whenever they need it. And even the co-founders themselves, there's five of them, we'll break that down later on in the show, they also do group therapy sessions and not just, I saw, I think it was in a Rolling Stone article where he said, we don't wait for something to go bad (laughs) or to be wrong. We do these sessions regularly to make sure that nothing goes wrong. So very excited to welcome our guest, Sean Formoso. Hey, HBCU fam, get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today welcome mr sean famoso co-founder of the lvrn music label and artist management company right before you came on i was explaining to our listeners and viewers that we normally have artists on the show everyone knows how much we love music we said that it's a it's a fabric of our conversation and we thought it'd be really cool to have a label head come on so that we can hear 
from your perspective on running a label, how do you sustain a label, and even just the different things that artists tend to complain about with labels, <laughs> we'd love to hear. <laughs> right. You know, and just that's, the, the that's a long list. yeah, it's a very long <laughs> list, and just the overall fears and concerns that tend to come up with whether people should sign, whether it, should it just be management. So, but I want to actually start from the very, very beginning. Um, just who you were before this label even came together so that we can get an idea of how this came to be. So I was doing my research, you know, you were in Forbes, Rolling Stone, <laughs> Complex, you weren't very hard to find. Um, but at they all. were at all, right? They were explaining that you were a party promoter in high school. So is that where well, your mean, love for music yeah. started or was it was it way before that? I mean, the love for music started at home. My parents, like my dad, he, he's Jamaican, but in our house we had like these two like six foot subwoofers that we put in the basement. Oh, sounds about and, right. And the whole <laughs> and the whole concept of these big ass subwoofers that he made, he made it probably like the eighties, like the early eighties. And um I guess the story is he used to have like this van that he used to drive around and he used to put the subwoofers in them and he would just bring them to different parties and like pretend to DJ. But nonetheless, like uh, they found our way to our basement and um, <laughs> the whole purpose of them was to like rumble the house. So like we would have like these speakers that are like kind of everywhere, but like the whole vibration of the house came from the basement through these big ass speakers. Um, but no, I mean, my parents listened to everything, like you know, my everything from obviously like the super old reggae like the early early dance hall stuff to red hot chili peppers my dad bought me my first jay-z cd so like they they were very eclectic in their own sense you know i just remember like falling asleep to the car in the car to like smooth jazz and like michael bolton and yanni and just like yeah well rounded yeah now kenny g yeah kenny g and everything in between so I think my taste and just um, early, early appreciation for like any type of music done done you know properly or done well or done in a very interesting way started there. But I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, I think the the ethos of or the common denominator rather of anybody that has had a certain level of success in the music industry. You know, some of our favorite moguls, whether it be like your Diddy's or, you know, whomever. Throwing parties is actually like, it's like a very common thing. Right. And I think it's it's because the idea of being able to put, bring people together and giving people a reason to come together on a constant basis or a consistent basis. And nothing changes. The building stays the same every week, wherever you're throwing this party. But you still have to give a fresh experience constantly, whether it be the music, whether it be the theme. And I think having that vision of being able to um, market in that way is obviously like the first stepping stone of like, you know what, like this is kind of interesting. And I think, you know, you know, in high school is when I met, you know, my first business partner, who's obviously, you know, my business partner today, Tunde. We were actually. Um, we actually didn't like each other, but we were rival. <laughs> I read that too. We were, uh, <laughs> you were rival yeah, party no, we were rival, promoters. Yeah, we were rival party promoters. Oh. So, I, so I grew up on like the north side of Atlanta. He's from the east side. What and, high school um, did you go to? I went to North Gwinnett. Okay, I was out at Pebble Brook, so I was on the other side. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, Tunde was from the east side. He went to Stevenson High School. Oh yeah, by Stone Mountain. Yep, yeah, Stone Mountain. So. 
Yeah, so like, <laughs> we didn't like each other because I wasn't privy to some of the underlying ground rules of like being a party promoter and how you're supposed to let everybody in free if they're a party promoter oh. and like just like that kind of, I, like, I was charging everybody I'm like yo like I, don't, like I don't know you so like there was like a, there was a day in which like I charged two and then you know all of his people to get in the party and from that day forth he just didn't mess it with me it was war it was war <laughs> said she wasn't kissing the rings right 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 so like you know and then, I, you know, once I learned those lessons, I'm like, all right, try to go to his party. He charged me. I'm like, all right, I know what this is. So I say that to say, um, <laughs> again, like, but, you know, we ended up joining forces once we got to college, you know, became best friends. And, you know, the rest is history. You know, we, we threw some of, like, the biggest parties at Georgia State and just, like, in the Atlanta area. You know, we were just known for, yeah, just massive 3,000 people. We used to do this party with a bunch of our other homies. Measy being one of them who manages 21 Savage. Like, like, oh, like there's like crazy. a collective of like us that all kind of came up together. And um, yeah, Wasted Wednesdays was this party that we do every summer at the Libra. And it was insane. But we had everybody from early Travis Porter to Waka, uh, Gucci, uh, Roscoe Dash. You know, this is like that time period of just like, you know, Atlanta's next generation of, you know, musicians. And I think, you know, the, the way that we kind of like figured out our way into the industry is at a certain point, you get kind of tired of paying these artists these huge fees to come and perform two songs and drink up all your liquor. <laughs> and then you become very curious what it's like to be on the other side of the fence. Oh, okay. And I think that is where our early interest in figuring out our way in that part of the business kind of came from. Just real quick, because you uh, brought up Roscoe Dash, uh, you do a great job of uh, keeping those artists in rotation as you, uh, I guess, bring up your newer artists. I would have to, I had to come to one of your concerts before I said as if I was forced, but I really was <laughs> like pulled. I had to come. Uh, Summer Walker was opening for Black, and then Summer Walker was pulled from the tour, and Ari Lennox ended up opening. But I was still enjoying the concert because, well, I still was. I was like, well, Ari's gonna be there, so even more reason to come. But I still want to see Summer. But damn, so being there and seeing Roscoe Dash and them perform was like amazing to me because you were setting the groundwork of Atlanta Ben Cronk, and then Black comes out and just kills it with his show, saying we still gonna be Cronk. So what is it like working with artists that you know were established like that, and maybe because your club promoter experience. But what is it like working with artists like that and having the conversation with them to be like, you know, hey, can you open maybe co-sign for my new artist? Was it even like a co-sign or was it just we here for the party? What's that like? I'm so curious. What, sh what, what, what city was this show? Uh, Atlanta. Was in Atlanta? It was in Atlanta. So, I mean, I, I think it was bro, like during I mean, like December. It was like close to Christmas. Okay. So, I mean, I, I think for us, it's just like we really grew up with a lot of these kids. So, like Roscoe went to the Kula High School, which is down the street from my high school. Travis Porter's first hit came from my best friend that I grew up with since seventh grade. So a lot of these conversations are literally, in, in, in Atlanta itself is a city that I, 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 you know, will give my all to just because it's one of the very few cities that reciprocates the energy that you give it. Yes. You know, like, if you put in 100%, it'll give you back 100%. If you put in 50%, it'll give you back 50%. The barrier of entry, in theory, is so low. And it's like, you know how they say, like, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. If you can't make it in Atlanta, don't try anywhere else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because, because the reality is, it's like, it, it really is Southern hospitality. It really is a big high school. 
Granted, you know, certain areas have their problems with certain people and what have you, but the, the, the reality of, you know, the amount of camaraderie that our musical, you know, class has is crazy. Like, all of the studios even in Atlanta are probably all within five miles of each other. Yeah. You, know, you can go from, from Stankonia to DTP to, you know, Grand Hustle, all within, you know, 10 minutes. And I think it's because of that and that foundation that some of the you know, the godfathers and godmothers have laid is, you know, the reason why it's become very easy for, for our generation. Yeah, that's definitely what I've noticed about Atlanta as a music scene. It always felt like a family production, you know. And I remember when Atlanta became that city, because it was always New York or L.A., New York or L.A., and artists would have to come and work out of there. But then it became Atlanta. It was like, if you want to get your album done, you know, you want to work with people, you have to go to Atlanta. And I remember there was a huge migration. Like, everyone from New York (laughs) was moving. I feel like it was around 2008 where it was, like, really starting to kind of pick up a little bit. And now it's cool to see, like you said, all the studios were kind of like a college campus in a way where everybody was just kind of shuffling back and forth from artist to artist, studio to studio. And the culture is very different. For sure. I mean, my theory is like the cost of living and having fun is so much cheaper <laughs> right. in Atlanta than anywhere else. Right. True. You know, you can go to Miami and blow your budget. You can stay in New York and blow your budget right. and, and live in a shoebox. Or you can go to L.A. and do the same and not even see any black people while you do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, right. so I think Atlanta is just That's like true. the accumulation of everybody's or a lot of people's you know, interests and vices and, you know, where they are able to pull a lot of inspiration from. And it makes it a, you know, a really healthy place to, to, to make music. Mm. So I'm curious, you mentioned you and Tunde. And am I saying his name proper? Because I want to make sure. Yeah. Tunde. So you and Tunde were rivals <laughs> doing these party promotions. You get together, find it interesting, trying to see the other side of the business. Where did you come to meet? the other members that co-founded LVRN with you? How'd you guys link yeah, up? Yeah, for sure. Um, all at college, Georgia State was a, the nucleus of, of LVRN. Mm. Um, I knew Carlin Jr. Actually, we all knew each other simply from throwing parties because Carlin actually threw parties as well. Justice was just kind of like the hot boy on campus that like, <laughs> You didn't know exactly what he did if he really went to class or not. <laughs> and 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 Junior, Junior was the super smart one that everybody knew was gonna make it out. Right. You know, I think I think he got his law degree. Dang, shout out to him. I don't know. I gotta I gotta ask him. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Junior. Um but now, nah, you know, the, at the time when I was kinda like formally, you know, kind of really acquainted uh with, with, with Justice first, um, he had an artist named Rory. Yeah, we know Rory. Rory. We love Rory. <laughs> Yeah, he had an artist named Rory, and Rory was 16 at the time. Oh, man. And, and such a know, movement. That, such a movement, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and during that time, uh, Tunde and myself were interning at DTP. And what was kind of interesting is, like, you know, we've always, and to this day, like, you know, there's, there's always, like, a, a bit of understanding the art of, you know, perception. So, like, we had not a dollar to our name, and party promoting isn't nearly as lucrative as we all make it seem. But we had an office, you know, we had an office in one of the most legendary labels of Atlanta. Uh, Ludacris knew who we were, he knew us by first name, and we used that as much as we could. So, like, I think just <laughs> naturally around town, 
they're kind of known as those kids that had one foot in the real industry, but definitely a foot in the streets. So we got a, a glimpse of a lot of the new and upcoming talent because we were like the go-to guys to, to be able to have those conversations. Um, I say all that to say, um, you know, this is very early days with Rory. Uh, so we all partnered up, you know, the five of us just kind of made it work. We didn't necessarily know what we were doing. Actually, we didn't know what we were doing, but again, Atlanta's the perfect city to not know what you're doing, but really to figure it out. It all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys sustain? I mean, because if let's be real here, especially in Atlanta, everybody and their mom wants to be a label, has a label, is part of a label, but it's a very different story to actually sustain and become successful. So, being that you guys didn't have any money, where did you get your capital to be able to fund even working with uh, Rory? Like, I saw that you guys did guerrilla style tours where y'all would take him to the parking lot of actual tours and set him just, up and let him perform <laughs> while people were walking to their cars, which honestly is genius. <laughs> but like, where did, you know, how did y'all make this work with no money? Because I think that's probably the biggest question people who are looking to you and to your blueprint would have. Um, you want the like the real story? Yeah, give us the yeah. real story. <laughs> uh, uh, nah, I mean, I, I think I think um, resourcefulness in itself is the name of the game. Right. But so, all right, so <laughs> we pay, we we pay for Rory's first music video with five thousand dollars of what looked like blood money because it's literally everybody's last dollars crumpled up. Damn, real. Push to push to the director Andrew Donahoe. He gave us what looked like a sixty thousand dollar video, um, but that was just based off of him seeing the vision. Mm. But rewinding even before that, it's like, to be honest, like we're from Atlanta, like like everybody has some kind of like get money scheme and scam. Mm-hmm. So the truth is, Justice, Carlin, and Junior all worked at Nordstrom. <laughs> In Nordstrom, if anybody knows anything about Nordstrom, that return policy. That return policy is gold. So your life. I'm crying. Gold. And if you and if you have a friend like Justice Carlin or Junior, you can return whatever you want, even if you didn't get it the way you're supposed to get real. it. Real, too real. So that right. So you know, without saying everything, right. you, you have a friend go and get a bunch of stuff. However, he wants to get it, he can bring it back. You can get the cash for it. Basically, y'all were strategists, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, strategists. Yeah, okay, got that, man. Financial strategists. Right. And, and, and to be honest, if you look at any of Rory's early photo shoots, shit, and some of Black's photo shoots, styled by Nordstrom. That is. <laughs> so, like, so, you know, I Timeless think... Timeless um, looks. Timeless. Yeah. And y'all made it work. So, you know, yeah, nah, but, you, you know, you to and, and shit. And then, you know, we're also from Atlanta, again, the, the hub of Delta, I mean the Delta Sky Lounge right now, but there there used to be a time and period where if you knew somebody at Delta, buddy pad. Why do I know all the ghetto shit? <laughs> <talking Yeah. about? laughs> all of it. Yo, Damn. No, 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 hear me out. These are like black faces. <laughs> Yo, you take it one step. You take it one step further. It's the companion pads. Companion. That's so like, the one, that, man. The That's the one. Pads. So you know, like That's you, so know, G. you know, half of our friends that were getting jobs at Delta. You know, you go ahead and make a little situation with them. You get your companion pass. Twenty five hundred. Yo, these, these 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 labels and major corporations were so confused how they have five, six black kids pulling up to London at the drop of a dime. <laughs> like, from Atlanta. Should we, should, 
and this so is tight. like this is the birth of Instagram too. So it's like we make it look good. Like like everything everything was super strategic, but at the same time we're just having the time of our life doing it. And I think um, we were a lot we were able to gain uh, garner a lot of early just like fans in the industry and people that championed us basically because they just saw that we would do whatever it took to to make things happen. And I mean the last thing I'll say is like the reality of it that I would say like the ethos of like any amazing idea is free. It's free. Mm-hmm. A great idea is free. The only thing that makes it bigger or money's the only thing that you can do to magnify the idea. But the truth behind any idea should be free. You know what I'm saying? So we've made some bad decisions when we got money because mm. we threw away the creativity. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, sometimes that you should appreciate um, meager beginnings because that's when your mind is clicking, 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 mm. clicking. Sometimes having too many resources is like the paradox of choice. Like there's too much you can play with and that sometimes messes it up. So, so um so I appreciate those days for sure. Oh I'm that's so, the title of the episode, The Paradox of Choice. Let me write right, that yeah, down. There you go. <laughs> shout out, speaking of, of 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 the value and the importance of creativity, right? Um, shout out to Justice, first of all, and Black. Um, I had the pleasure of sitting on a panel with them oh, I in Atlanta that. during the East Atlanta Love Letter yes. um, promotions, oh, right? Oh, yeah. That was super we had a great, cool. great, yeah, great conversation. That was a really great time. Um, but that was a great way to promote his album. And I noticed that that is something that is is important to um, the Love Renaissance label, like just creative ways to promote the artists, promote their projects. What y'all did with the, was it Laser Tag with Summer Walker's project? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just all these different ways. And I actually have a background in experiential marketing, so my eye automatically picks it up. Can you talk to us about how now that you do have access to access rather to many different resources, you know, y'all not necessarily on a companion path no more, right? <laughs> so, so how do you um, take advantage of those resources in coming up with new ideas and original ways to get people excited about your products? Right. Yeah. I mean, for for us, I think it's naturally where we get our rocks off. You know, we don't make music. I can't carry right. a note. I can't play an instrument. So for us, it's always been about how do we create this world so that the music has a place to live in. You know, I think a lot of times people don't realize that if you paint the picture before telling them something or playing them something, that it can be way more, it can be way better received on the the consumers. So important. yeah, so like our whole thing is narrative design. It's like, it's like, how do we tell a story or as much of a story as we can before, during, and after somebody gets the music so that not only does it become their favorite song, but that becomes their favorite artist. Yeah. And you know exactly why they're supposed to listen to that artist because, you know, I, I always say like, you know, an artist can't be everything to everybody. Like, the artist that you want to wake up to is different than the artist that you want to go to the club to. It's different than the artist that you want to make love to, cry to, whatever the case may be. So like, once you kind of realize where you live in the majority of people's lives, you should play to that as much as you can. And you can take up as much as, uh, of their life as, as, as you, you know, can design yourself to. But the reality is, you know, finding every album to be able to tell a certain story, have its own world, and to your point, create activations that are able to, you know, really capture, like, you know, the audiences. It's, 
is the most fun. And I think during the pandemic is when we were challenged the most because we couldn't touch people anymore. So we had to figure out ways to still, uh, you know, play with the, you know, people's senses without, you know, by and still be responsible at the same time, um, but I think I think that's when we kind of tested ourselves to be like, are you guys really as good as we think we are? You know, right. I think we are. I think we. I think we are. Yeah, so. for sure. No, you you guys definitely are. Y'all did a great job of continuously putting out like Love Renaissance as a whole has such a an amazing roster. Uh, you know, Summer really? Walker. Black, we've been fans of years from. Then, you know, we got the BRS Cash, the Throw Baby, just coming out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Like, you guys just keep doing it. What is it like, um, I guess, just choose your own adventure. How do you find artists? Do artists find you? What's <laughs> it like deciding who to keep? Uh, how is it developing? Just take us through, like, a little bit of what that process is like when people kind of come to you with something. Um, or if you so approach justice- them. Right, so Justice, who's our A&R. All right, so I mean, everybody is obviously fans of music, and, and it's funny, like, I, we all know each other's taste. <laughs> we all know exactly, like, who would sign what. Um, but I think one thing that kind of stays consistent between all of us is we love acts that are left of center, but still have pop potential and mainstream potential. Um, like, and, and we've learned from our mistakes because there's certain artists that we've picked up that were guaranteed to be the biggest artist in the world but it didn't work because they wouldn't be the biggest artist in the world with us Mm. because what we need to do for an artist is very specific um that it's not one size fits all and i think sometimes artists that do approach us don't realize that we were actually not the best fit for you Mm. you know like taylor swift is huge and I would love to quote unquote have it to the Swift but it would never work like that. I totally get what you're saying. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I think um us as a company, it's been trial and error and a lot of the times the error the word like people don't recognize like people don't really see when you mess up. We mess up all the time. But like I think it's it's the understanding the DNA of the company as you create the company, as you grow the company, that's the most important thing. So you can have a better chance at, at you know, garnering or getting the right talent. So I guess to answer your question, like, you know, we find artists and artists find us, but we, we're definitely really big on development. Like, we don't really chase huge acts. Like, that's not, that's not our business model. That's not, you know, we, we want to be a part of the story. We want to get you before you develop those bad habits. We want to, we want to, uh, we, you know, we want to appreciate the zero to 60. You know what I'm saying? 60 to 100 is fun, but zero to 60. That's where like, it's I, I love when I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I love when an artist gets their first three boxes of clothes. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like those moments are like, are, 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 are cherishable. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's so real. I was talking to one of our new artists. Uh, his name is North Ave Jackson. He was texting me yesterday. He's shooting his first video with us this week. And he said something... He said something so humble. And I said, yo, I want you to screenshot that because after you make your first million dollars, <laughs> I want to show you that same text and see if you feel the same way. But, um, but yeah. And so, so with, it's still having fun. I'm curious with Rory essentially being like LVRN's firstborn. Um, and I know that I read in the different articles that things just didn't pan out because there was just a lot of challenges, as would be with the first artist of the label. You're literally figuring things out day by day with him. If you could go back now with the knowledge that you've accrued in these past couple of years, what would you have done differently with Rory? 
That's an amazing question. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think I think the reality is put our foot down. Mm. And I say that because put our foot down to the label. Um, the label at the time was Columbia Records, and Rory came out at the worst possible time for an artist of his blended genre. Right. And I say that because this is the year that streaming started, mm. basically. So you have these artists that are popping off of SoundCloud, a free platform that anybody, mother, brother, sisters can upload music to. They're getting discovered on SoundCloud, they're viral on SoundCloud and YouTube. And then as soon as they sign that major uh, major deal, the label's telling them to pull everything off of SoundCloud because now we have to upload it on Spotify and Apple because we have to monitor it. And, and not only is that the conversation, the labels are also at war with these streaming services because there's, it's the wild, wild west at the time. And imagine being a brand new artist being at the whim of challenges and battles that are so much bigger than yourself that mind you you're not making you're not making trap music but you're from Atlanta you're not making pop music but it's alternative and you know like you're a mix of the Alabama shakes and like like you're, you're all these different things and at the time radio still important so they don't know where to put you like so I feel like what we could have done different is really stuck to our guns and you know not taking certain no's or whatever the case may be but the reality of it is the time period in which the time period just wasn't conducive for a role right. um but in that same breath I know there's a hundred other artists that it probably wasn't conducive for because a lot of us were going through the same challenges at that same time um, and the reality is another thought now that I'm just kind of thinking out loud is that he's such he has such an independent mindset that and sound and his, his, yeah yeah and, and his goals are so much bigger than being the biggest artist in the world in the way that we may see it as a company that you know yeah that yeah his his goals are better aided by somebody that doesn't need checks and balances of any sort. And us as a company that wants to support any one of our acts in the way that they want to be supported, um, sometimes that support is, you need to go and do that. And who was the next artist that you signed? Was Black or was it Shelly? That's an amazing question. It might have been like almost simultaneous. Mm, wow, what a cop! I, 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 yeah, <laughs> damn. I, I think she, I think Shelly I think Shelly was a little bit before. Mm. I think Shelly was a little bit before. But uh, but yeah, no, definitely definitely like the same time frame. And um, I know Justice brought in Rory because you said at the time that was the mm-hmm. artist he was working with. But where did you guys connect with Shelly and Black to bring them into the LVRM ecosystem? So Tunde found Shelly on Pigeons and Planes. Mm. I think the very day that he dropped One Epic Summer, which was like just like his first ever piece of music. He got on the plane. <laughs> Companion. <thing. laughs> and flew to, and flew to uh, Virginia. That, that same that same weekend. I think he might have reached out to Shelly on um 
on Instagram or Twitter and sat with them. We got into business as management. Mm. We flew back that same day. And it's funny, when you hear Shelly tell the story, it's, it was so mind blowing to him at the time. He's like, yo, this man got on the plane same day. <laughs> and, you know, again, like, you know, compare your facts. Um, but, um, <laughs> That's <laughs> so tight. Right. And then, um, and then, and then Black, Black is, he's actually had like a lot of like an underground buzz in and around our community. Like, you know, we were always like the, the kind of weird left of center, like, you know, hipster kids that, mm-hmm. it's actually interesting because like, we did parties in the hood, but we also did very, very off the wall parties, like Broken Bridge, you were Fadi Akeda. Oh, uh, I remember yeah, those parties. Yeah, and I like, those like, are the, yeah, we, we the shit. We live dual, uh, dual lives. And I think that's part <laughs> of why like, we're able to kind of like, you know, slip and slide in between all these different conversations. But um, nah, like we, we we knew of Black, but definitely was put onto him by his best friend, uh, Diamond at, at the time, who worked in and around where we did, through parties as well. And yeah, I mean, it was like, it was like a match made like very, very quickly. And you know, the rest is history. Like he, he moved in with the guys. Uh, we called it the West Side Bib. It was like this shitty little apartment on the West Side. Uh, we stayed at the crib for like a whole summer, just making songs every day. Um, and it's funny because, you know, he was just staying on the couch and every day or every week he'd watch, you know, us go in and out, flying to London, France, tour over here in Australia three times. And, you know, but he just stayed the course and just recorded every day, like never complained, never, never showed any signs of just, uh, you know, Concern, and you know, I think when we put out Free Black, it was, you know, it was the accumulation of, of everything that he's kind of worked for in his life up until that point. So, um, you know, it's really, it's really just like you know, even just telling these stories, really just it's crazy to just think about. Because I was just with Black maybe two days ago. I was just with Summer a half an hour ago. That's why I'm late. Summer. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, just like seeing where like you know some of our favorite, you know, you know, acts come from. And where they are now is just like always an amazing feeling to, to be able to talk about. So speaking of where you come from, bro, I, I can't let you, because I know our time is limited with you, but you so Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> I, I got to ask you the question. Who's on the on the Mount Rushmore of Atlanta? Mount Rushmore hip hop of Atlanta. Who's the four Ooh, people? That's a tough one. <laughs> He might have to fight after this. And yeah, Outcast. <laughs> yeah. Out, Outcast is one head, even though it's two niggas. So I, okay. I give you that. You good? Yeah. So my Mount Rushmore is Young Thug. Okay. That's a big. That's that's big for you to say yes. that. That's big. It's it's, it's <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> And it, I can't do Jeezy and Gucci, but it's purely because after seeing that versus, yes, I'm like, not only does Jeezy have these amazing records that that scored my high school life, but his 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 ability to like put it on and his his strategy in that moment let me know everything I ever needed to know. So Jeezy, I agree. On that was my takeaway too. <laughs> So the name Love Renaissance, I, I was reading that. But I got two more. Oh, you do? Okay. It's a Mount Rushmore. It's my Mount Rushmore. I'm like, was it Young I'm Thug, a, I'm, I got, Jeezy? Yeah. 
I gotta put Outcast on there for number of three. Okay. Just double-headed. And then all of Love Renaissance for number four. <laughs> all right. Oh. <laughs> y'all have it. it. <laughs> the name Love Renaissance. So I was reading that Justice uh, came up with it because he just felt like y'all needed to make it cool to be in love again, you know, with the trap music. Um, all the different hip hop acts that were out, especially coming out of Atlanta. It was like, where's the soft centered, soft hearted music that you guys wanted to push? So was it something that you all felt and just agreed on? Like, this is going to be the theme of our label. Not for sure. I mean, I think it's okay to represent the other side, Mm -hmm. you know, and we come from a generation that loves toxic interaction so much that we forget to appreciate the other side of it and in 2012 during that time it's like literally you know futures just now breaking and all all of these things that we are 100 percent a part of just like everybody else right but it's okay to to digest and to 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 dive into the other side just like anybody else because who doesn't want to end up in love i know you want to i know you want to do whatever you want to i know you want to have your high girl summer now i know the city boys want to do what they want to do now but who doesn't want to end up in love right so yeah and then you know like there's a there's like a second generation of you know what we want to do like you know we're putting out a project called Love is the new gangster, mm. and that's the accumulation. It's, 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 it's literally what love renaissance is, and it's us kind of playing on the nostalgia of what you know the the early gang days in the eighties and nineties was. But the reality is, there's like a certain you know romance to like what uh, gang culture is. You know, like there's like a brotherhood to it. There is. Uh, you know, so many just iconic photos and moments that you could see the love in it amongst everything else. And, um, you know, us taking that and putting it on top of R&B music is just like something that we're working on. I probably shouldn't have said that. No, but, um, you made so much <laughs> sense, man, because it's crazy looking at like the roster, um, you know, t- talking about the acts that you started with, with Rory and Black, and then for you to go from this R&B, you know, left of center, as you keep referring to it, but like, it's so dope because it was like, Rory was doing that folk music, and then Black it's is so still refreshing. Giving you, so yeah, refreshing. it was very refreshing. So to go from that, and then to fast forward all the way up to, because I know y'all have tons of you know artists you've worked uh, with and on, but to go to like BRS Cash and on be Bloodbath and be so hardcore. <laughs> so to hear you talk about a project where y'all are like marrying that, it's like it's dope. Like everything that y'all do over at Love Renaissance is so dope. So I'm excited actually for that, just hearing from you saying that. So everything you said more than made sense. It speaks to how you guys present over there. It speaks to uh, how some of your artists are. Like, you know, Summer Walker, sure. she has her antics on the gram, but it doesn't take away from once she hits the stage, <laughs> whether it's like yeah, watching her sure. on YouTube perform. I'm like getting my life because I know that she is quarantined and she is comfortable because she's just about to get through this and she ain't got to touch nobody afterwards. I'm like, well, power to Summer. I'm enjoying this for her because I know sure. she's enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, you know, her, her album is done where I'm literally, I just left the meeting of us planning on when and how to put it out. It's, it's, it's the album of the year. I can't even. I, 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 I wish you. I was talking shit. Can we, we get a, you know, no, a, we a listen? You. Like, can we get like a love listening session? You know, <laughs> man, an LVR and listening yo, party, uh, the yo, love lounge. Honestly, no. Yeah, no. Let's set that up. Oh, that would be tight. We, we can, uh, I've got the email. <laughs> now, as- now, yo, Asante... Now, 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 now that we got Donda out the way, we got CLB out the way, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. 
Asante mentioning um, <laughs> Summer's antics, but it actually made me wonder, like, you guys don't get involved in how your artists choose to express. Because I know with the artists that are on the more, uh, the bigger kind of more traditional labels, there's so much control there on how, what they can mm -hmm. say, how they can, you know, present, what they can do and what their belief systems are. And, you know, they kind of have to hide behind the label. But it seems like you guys don't really play that because Summer says what she wants, Black will say what he wants, everyone's just doing what they want and it seems like all y'all are worried about is that the output is there and the songs are great and so how does that work for y'all? Sometimes, sometimes we get the Summer text of what she's about to post before she posts it. Right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's truly a freedom of speech thing, you know, it's not in that same, in, 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 in the same, right? In the same breath, you know, I think we've all seen that you, it's freedom of speech, but you have to be accountable for what you say right. and what your actions are. You look at the baby, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, say what you want, but now but you have to you know, read what you mm -hmm. said. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for us, the most important things are our artists' mental health at the end of the day. So if what you're posting, what you're talking about, seems like it's coming from a space that we need to come and check on you, mm. cool, it's time to step in. You know, that's why we've implemented like our whole mental health department because um, you know, we lose so many young artists, actually young and old, to things that you wouldn't naturally understand. Why is drugs and over overdoses such a you know a, a common thing? It shouldn't be common. Why suicide so common? It shouldn't be common. Anxiety so common, obviously. So I think um, you know the same way we take care of our bodies by going to the gym or eating properly. Like you know maintaining a mental health is is important. And it's like. I feel like people don't, like, you know, we have a we have a company therapist that, you know, speaks to anybody from our artists, to anybody in our staff and in between. But it's not about fixing you. It's about maintaining. It's like working out. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't, it's not about having to have a six pack. It's about making sure that it doesn't go crazy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we stay out the way. We stay out the way until you give us a reason to <laughs> not stay out the way. Right. And, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll come sit around you in a circle and come <laughs> And that's actually the perfect segue too, because one of the one of the biggest things that pulled me to you and how you run the label and just LVRN as a company is the fact that you do center mental health and you have yes. therapists that are on staff and the artists if they need to have a session, they have access to it whenever, wherever. And I also mentioned before you came on that even as co-founders, you, you know, I read an article that you have group sessions and you don't wait till shit hits the fan. You have the session so that it won't hit the fan, hopefully. Or if it does, you have the systems in place that will help you know how to work through it. So where did that come from that you guys were like, yo, we want to bring this and integrate it into the music label that we've created? Because you don't do hear that. Like does it mean it's somebody in the office? Like, if, if somebody calls somebody in the, on staff a motherfucker, is it somebody in the back like, hey, I heard that! Get your ass in conference room B, let's work it out. Like, what does it look like? You know, right. that, 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 that goes to our HR department. <laughs> uh, but nah, I mean, I, I, think, um, I think, you know, it comes from having signed a few artists that have issues like social anxiety. Mm. And us having to educate ourselves or trying to educate ourselves on exactly what that is. Mm. 
because shit, two years ago, you say that you have anxiety, they twist their face at you. Right. Now, it's it's a little bit more understood to the point that you can be understood. Um, so when you have artists that suffer from certain things, and we know that we've never been educated enough or trained in order to deal with those things, the next best thing is to figure out who can. And then you start to look around and realize, wait, why why isn't it as readily available right. as we would have thought? And outside of just this one artist or two artists that may need help, shit, we need help. Right. So I think, um, you know, figuring out how to do And you wouldn't believe the amount of red tape and, and just politics that it, it goes into being able to try to create something so progressive and healthy for your company um, that you realize why it hasn't been done yet. Um, but I say all that to say, it's a growing process. I don't think we have it perfect yet, but it's this is us starting something so the next company can take it and make it even better and make it even better. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have a full mental health department. That is so Everybody dope. has their, 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 their days and their hours. Um, Revolutionary. As a team. It really yeah, is. Yeah, as a team, really we is. do therapy. Uh, and I think a lot of what we take from, from our sessions are our communication styles can be so different that really understanding how to learn, listen, and then re-deliver to people helps on so many different levels. And you can you can start stop a stop a fire before it even starts based off of how you approach something. Exactly. And 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 because it's one thing if I'm only getting therapy and I'm given all these tools, but if somebody doesn't react to the tools the way I want them to then it sucks. Right. So when you, you as a team all do it, you guys can understand where each other start coming from, whether best friends or not, that everybody collectively wants to make this thing get better and better and better, that you know that you're working with people that only want things to progress. So it's, it's been a beautiful thing for sure. Have you noticed the difference in the music? Since they've had access to these therapists, like is the music, because you know what's funny, people <laughs> people tend to like their artists sad and fucked up and toxic. You know how there's always that joke where it's like, oh, Mary J. Blige, like, oh, this is about to be a good album now, and like we do it jokingly <laughs> when people break up, and you see even with Summer, like her situation, and everyone's hype because they're like, this is about to be a good ass album, and it's like we don't even realize what we're putting on these artists and hoping that they're in shitty uh, mental health spaces so that we can get a good product. So I'm curious, now that you've provided them access to mental health uh, practitioners and, t- you know, experts, how has it changed their output, if it has? No, no that, that, I swear to God, I was talking to Justice about this yesterday on the plane. Um, and... I don't think we've seen the full effects of it in the music yet, but Black actually has a song in which he says, um, it's not out yet, but he says, um, I had to talk to somebody on the outside to deal with what was going on on the inside. So, like, you know, like, I think even in just how people are starting to address what they're going through will start to change. Um... But nah, that's a good question. I mean, shit, our, our label might crumble because everybody's going to be too happy. You know, <laughs> but, but, uh... But nah, I, I'm you know I think uh, for the greater good we'll be alright. But uh, I mean, summer, summer's album is again incredible. 
uh, Black's finishing up right now. Oh, man. Shelly's back in the studio. What a roster, um, Sean. Cash is working. What a roster. Like, damn. How did you... How did you pivot, or, or what made you do a holiday music with Shelly? Because him, and especially the track with his mother, was so like beautiful, such a great contribution contribution to the holiday season. Man, I, honestly, it was. I think we just had everybody in town, and then um, Miss Lisa, who manages this summer, um, told uh, she's like, "Y'all should do it." Like she, you know, she's just like she's our aunt. She's like, "Y'all, yeah, y'all should do a holiday album." And literally, we did that holiday album in two days. Oh, shit. Literally did in two days. Talent. That's Winning what happens when you have talent. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I want to say this. A couple while, Christmas trees and lights. While we got the floor about Shelly, right? I have always said, because I'm a day one Shelly fan, before it was Shelly, you know what I'm saying? I've always <laughs> said that Shelly needs to literally like score a Broadway play. Shelly's music is so theatrical. Like, to me, it's just a natural progression. Like, I like Shelly that. That'd be dope. Going to Broadway, like that, like scoring a production. That just, sure. just put that bug right here in Shelly. <laughs> nah, nah, right here. Listen, bro, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, right, I'm writing a TV show for Shelly and Boogie right now. Oh, Can't wait to audition. If you've ever been in a room with Shelly, and I, if not, I'm going to make it happen. Thank He's you. one of the most, like, just, like, electric people ever like, like he he's he's so much to handle but in such a loving way yes. that like he, he he speaks like a poet even just in random conversation like the you words he tell. chooses to use just to describe yeah. things is just like like it, no matter what you just you find yourself smiling or even if he's mad you're smiling <laughs> he's just like he's hilarious um but not nah, for sure for sure so i know that you guys uh jumped into a distribution deal with interscope right how were you? Were well, you, a joint, a joint partnership. A, um, this was back in like twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. So, did that freak you out a little bit? Where y'all like, ooh, because you know when labels start jumping in and everybody has an opinion, and then things have to kind of shift around. But man, what made y'all do that? I mean, the reality is, it's like uh, every time we started managing a new act. Every label, we'd, make, we'd, we'd find an act, we'd manage it, we'd put everything that we have into it, money and money and everything. And every label would come calling because we knew what we were doing, we knew how to develop talent. Right. And in theory, what we'd be doing is finding an act, blowing it up, and then giving it away. Selling it. <laughs> right. Giving it away. So at a certain point, and this is actually now, now, now that I'm saying this, we did sign. Shelly before Black, because at this point we had Rory and we had Shelly. When it came to Black, we finally had some money in our pockets. Mm. We finally had the hang of this whole thing. And we're like, we're going to do Black independent. We know what we're doing. Um, and I remember even we sent around like a, a very special email, because every label was calling in, but at this point we know everybody. We, 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 we ran the gauntlet a couple of times, we know everybody. So we respectfully sent out a, a very wide email person to everybody like, we don't want to jump on your planes and spend all your money, go do the song and dance and, right. you know, all the fancy kill everybody's teeny budgets. <laughs> right. Nah, like, like, you know, we respect y'all enough to let y'all know we're going to do this one independent. And, uh... They were like, cool. And then Joey Manda, Joey AI from uh, from Interscope at the time, he FaceTimed me when we were leaving Apple Music. And he said, you know, man, like, you know, I understand I want to do it indeed, uh, but, you know, just come see me. Okay, come by the office. 
respectfully, he came by the office and he was like, he sat us down and, you know, he was like, uh, the, the reality is we've missed out on every act that you guys have so far grown up. And at a certain point, we have to stop thinking that the only talent is the act mm. and that the talent is also you guys. Um, so instead of signing Black, let's do a deal together in which we can all empower you to be able to sign Black and anybody and everybody else that you want to. If you guys are over here so you can really create a business and sooner or later you guys can be the next Interscope, the next Bad Boy, the next LaFace, the next Motown. And that's how it happened. And if you think about it, Interscope is a label that has flied back off of partnerships. You yeah. know, they're the ones that created the aftermath. You right, know, like, right. Uh, 50 Cent's label, you know what I'm saying? So like... They get um, it. Yeah, like, you know, like partnership is in their DNA. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think, you know, the more you... Labels are only scary when you don't know what you're doing. Right. Or when, yeah, like labels are scary when you give them the ability to tell you what you think you should know. They're not scary because they're like these big, mean, bad people. They're scary because if you show signs that you don't have a plan, their plan's not going to be better for you. Right. So, and they'll sniff that know, out real quick. Yeah, yeah. they'll sniff out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, but the reality is like we, we were operating as a label before we even knew it. So our entire our entire system of the way we develop acts is what labels do. So once we had our, our deal, it was like, oh no, we're gonna just keep doing what we do and they they support us when we need it, they step back when, when they, they need to and you know the, the, the relationship has been harmonious. So I think uh, you know, between Joey, Steve Berman, John Janik, it's always been a, an amazing uh, relationship for sure. It's dope. Says a lot about the value that that your company has in the label's eyes too. That they are willfully, mm -hmm. you know, respecting you to have control, you know, artistically, creatively, and still maintain ownership. So shout out to y'all, man. It's dope. And thank you, thank you. And you recently signed Division. So how did that come to be? Because they're so tight. We've been playing. Well, Dustin's been playing <laughs> their songs the past couple of weeks. Uh, their new project with Ty Dolla Sign. So how did that come to be? Man, yeah. I mean, you know, from like a management perspective, I, I think, I think we've learned that there's a real beauty in being able to kind of foster a community that our artists and our acts can benefit from each other, whether it's from like a touring standpoint, even from a festival standpoint, you know, like there's times we were like, oh, like if you want this act, then, you know, you're going to have to put this one in there too. Right. So, and even deeper than that, like, you know, we've been fans of the music forever. And I think when the opportunity came about, it was a no brainer. And it's, it's sometimes it's such a beauty working with musicians that are, um, season or like have have, have, a, have a certain understanding of it so that what we do is an add-on of value you know it's not us having to strip away and not say no like let's let's help you guys get to the level that you dreamed about or dreamt about since your last album um you know wanting to be a little bit more um you know visually present wanting to kind of get out of the niche of what you know you've been known for before and really just kind of like, you know, help blossom. So, you know, Daniel and 85 have, you know, 
Damn, I, I was just with them two days ago in LA as well. Like, we're, we're, we're really present in our artists' lives. Right. This isn't like, like a detail on the RVR right. yeah. It's not just email. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you next year and let <laughs> right. me know when the music is done. Like, nah, like, but we'd be around. So, um, yeah, I mean, the OVO team has been amazing as well. So, it's, uh, it's you know, we're excited for the next project. That's so tight. And with, with artists being left of center, I know that you guys must have a hands-off approach because really that's the only way you can work with a left of center artist, just kind of letting them find their rhythm, their new sound, what they're birthing with each project. Do you, but like, what's the, what's the gray area? Like, do y'all have to reel them in to be like, okay, this still We're needs left to- left of center. Okay, y'all just down with whatever. Like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's a, the, the thing is like there's, like, there's such a common respect that we have for each other mm-hmm. that- they we understand each other's opinions and notes. Okay. And granted, sometimes it needs to be taken with a grain of salt, depending on who it's coming from right. or or what the situation is. But you don't. We can be as hands on or hands off as they need us to be. But you know, you only sign to LVRN because you understand what you think you know about LVRN. So you kind of sign to us for our opinion. You sign to us for our, you know, creative input. Right. You know, you sign to us for our storytelling, for our activations, um, for our A and our work. You know what I'm saying? So uh yeah. So like yeah. Uh, because <laughs> I just wondered, yeah, yeah, like I know with artists that are even like artists that do have anxiety and kind of like have to be in their own little bubble to make it. I wonder how do you work with that energy to make sure they feel safe and, you know, heard, but also keeping them on track. And do you consider things like, will that work on radio? Will that work in a festival? Like, I'm just curious how you maintain <laughs> you know, the thought process for all these different moving parts. Yeah. I mean, Tune, Tune Day is really good at that in the sense of, you know, being very upfront about managing expectations. Got you. Um, it's, it's kind of like, if you want to be this, then here are the steps that we think will get you there. You say that you want to be this, but you've been doing this. Now, this isn't bad, but it will get you here. So be honest with yourself and us so then we can put together the best plan to help you be the best person over here or the best person over here. And I feel like that's not a one-time conversation. That's a conversation that you have constantly as you get to the next letter, as you get to the next uh, step on the ladder. Um, but yeah, no, he, he, does, he does a really good job at making you know, every one of our acts feel comfortable, but also giving the reality of what we have to do to get here, to stay here, and to, to, to move forward. Since uh, we're in a pandemic still, I guess, trying to figure out where we are, um, <laughs> I know like pre-COVID, y'all were touring, y'all were out there, and then once the pandemic started, we still got a lot of great YouTube con- uh, content, as I said, watching the uh, the Love Renaissance gang rapping a bank and, and the vault, that <laughs> oh, shit was yeah, super the awesome. I didn't see that. So, without giving us anything specific, you know, because, you know, I know you just said Summer's album is done, and, you know, y'all got Division on the roster now. What types of wow i'm trying to ask this question but i know you're not gonna be able to answer it uh 
I see you trying to walk know, around. What, what, what kind of like visuals? What type of interactions, <laughs> activations can we look forward to? You know, like I feel like you guys are so intentional about everything that you do. Even uh, the team when they gifted us some stuff from summer, uh, you know, there was a plant in there and some oh, mist and spray. It. So like, love that. And then for, uh, so for Black's good. project, the hot sauce. So I'm just wondering right. what types of you know activations type things might occur with these two uh, <laughs> things happening on the horizon. And even OMB Bloodbath, yeah. you know, it'd be cool to see something with that too, you know? Not for sure. I mean, OMB, we we, we, <laughs> we put together a, a, a bloodbath ambulance and rode it around Houston giving out like a, um, so school supplies to the kids just a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you could look forward to a Love Renaissance album coming soon. You can look forward to some activations in the mental health space um, for our community. You can look forward to activations that support single mothers. Mm, amen. You can look forward to what else? You can look forward to some a lot of work in the film and TV space. Um, Always love that. that. We're together. All the verticals. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, uh, you know, in, in, in product, you know, like, you know, well, you know, I, I'm the, like, I, I'm a Virgil stan. Like, I think um, his ability to collaborate on such a high level with so many different brands, but also in so many different mediums, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to make dinnerware, I want to make furniture, I want to make, you know what I'm saying? So I think, uh, you know, the, the, the beauty of having momentum and you know, garnering a certain amount of success in the space that we're in um, helps us to jumpstart all these other you know places that we just have natural interest in. So, from you know, creating you know new TV shows and and uh, you know audio you know, platforms to you know. You, you said you, you said you wanted to make furniture and stuff. Did were you responsible for the uh, life on Earth when Summer or was it clear the EP when Summer performed with like the little vibey section? They had the pillows and stuff all that, around. I was not. <laughs> I was not. I was gonna say I'm about the furniture then. Yeah, nah, that's that's a yeah. That's not my decor. I'll, 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 I'll send you. I'll send you my move. Hey, I'm all here for it. I mean. <laughs> Like we've been saying, the roster there is tight and everything that you guys do is so intentional and amazing. So it's dope to hear that even with, you know, the new stuff that there's going to be more cool activations to look for, but they're intentional activations. So I really like that. I, I really appreciate that. I yeah. think that's dope. And my decor is actually comedy. So if y'all need somebody to make niggas laugh in them TV and film projects, <laughs> I'll at your boy. Say they know it. They know it. Nah, I, I, I would definitely hit that. <laughs> well, Sean, this was literally the perfect conversation. Once again, for those who may be more familiar, this is Sean Famoso, co-founder of LVRN, uh, the music label and artist management company. Before we get out of here, if there's anything you'd like to say to those listening that are definitely going to be hitting you up <laughs> and asking you a million questions about your life and just how you move, anything you want to bless us with before we get out of here. Man, um, uh, I don't know. I guess a, a quote, a quote that's been on my mind lately, um, came from Tyler, the Creators Manager, a couple years ago, and it's been sticking with me most recently. Now, in the midst of you know rolling out some new albums, and it's the quote is our uh, plans for tomorrow change today because of what happened last night. Mm. Damn. And I think 
And I think that, that I've been sitting with that so often in the last couple of weeks because, you know, you, you can put the world together, but, you know, but somebody might tweet some shit tomorrow that, that you got to change some shit. So I think uh, in any aspect of your life, so, you know, sometimes just like, you know, you might be marching towards a destination and, you know, have to pivot. And sometimes a pivot isn't always a negative thing. I think sometimes a pivot is really just literally opening yourself up to more opportunities. And, you know, sometimes we can all get stuck mm-hmm. in our, what we think is supposed to happen versus embracing what's supposed to happen. And yeah. that's, that's how I've been feeling lately. So. I mean, damn, that was perfect. I couldn't ask thanks, for it. Thanks for the tattoo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Famoso, in case you ain't know so, we just appreciate oh, you so hard for coming so through high. and hitting us with the knowledge and the intentions, man, it's dope. And the plan, the Thanks blueprint, you know, because because we really view you as game changers. <laughs> we love music, we love mental health, and you have found a way to bridge both worlds together, which has been long overdue. We care yeah. about these artists. We want them to feel good while they're creating as well. So I feel like what you're doing needed to be amplified. And I'm hoping, like you said, that other labels run with it make it better, improve on the design and so that we can just continue to make good music out here. So we thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Those of you listening, as always, we love you so much. We'll catch you next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye.